Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, July 1st in the year 2022. This is the beginning of the Independence Celebration Weekend. And of course, you on the East Coast, you've already begun. You're into Saturday. So we're going to join you there pretty quickly. Patriots, before we begin tonight, make sure you're securing everything you can do to secure your wealth. It's hard-earned, and this time a lot of things are very unpredictable. And that's why you need to take care of your wealth and look at precious metals. Patriots, we have been witnessing the economy slowly go through a death spiral. And the Fed has boxed itself in. The economy is in dire straits. And thanks to a loose money policy, there's no end in sight. Apparently, you just can't spend trillions every year without repercussions. And now, in an attempt to play catch-up, the Fed is raising rates and plans to do it seven more times this year. We're already starting to see the ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes. What are you doing to protect your money? Have you considered what could happen if the stock market continues to fall or worse, crashes? Don't wait until that happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. Again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Again, text BARDS to 989898 and secure the gains from the hard-earned capital that you have. Join the thousands of Happy Birch customers, the countless five-star reviews, and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Birch Gold, they're professionals, they're some of the best in the market. So again, text BARDS at 989898 to protect your future with gold. So Patriots, hope you all enjoyed. If you didn't see or hear the Kilted Christian show earlier, highly recommend that you check it out. It was a great show. It had the Evrens on tonight. Of course, we know Evren from his music and rap that we play here. And we also know Mrs. Evren from the the duets that they do or the, the paired singing that they do. And then, of course, he's starting his new show and just started it last weekend, which is a Saturday night show, I believe. And I'm going to have to get the exact time. And so that's a, a great show with their whole family. And one of the stars of that show is Little Bear, his daughter. And that show is Saturdays on Podbean at 9 p.m., we're starting to do something here pretty profound. And it's been slow in coming, but it's starting to assemble. And there's going to be a lot of growth in what I'm going to share with you right now. And there's a lot of big things coming. But what we're going to start building out is the Bards Nation audio network. So it's going to be audio podcasts. We have, obviously, these shows, Bards FM. Uh, the Kilted Christian is part of that. We've, we're going to add into that Evren, the, the Evren's family show, and I don't know how we'll call that. And coming up, we're also going to be adding already, we're looking at, I can already tell you it's going to add, it's going to be Shemaine Nugent is going to come on and be part of that network. So it's going to be pretty awesome. And for right now, we're just going to have to set up on the website, we'll set up links and times. So you know where to hook up because it'll be off of Podbean. As we move forward, that network will be housed on our own servers. And that's, I know that I've talked about getting our own servers for some time. 
but that's a lot of this has been why it's been delayed because I've kind of had to come up with a bigger plan and this is it. And this is really going to be very powerful and we're going to add shows as we go. And it's, it's, there'll be regular scheduled shows and you'll be able to go to a single website eventually. So we'll say six months from now, hopefully you'll be able to go to a single website portal and you'll be able to access all the shows. So it's going to be pretty exciting and it's all going to be audio. A lot of people do these video platforms and, and there's lots of reasons that I've stayed with audio. Statistically, I can tell you that audio, the listening time on audio is far exceeds video shows. More importantly, though, is audio is far more portable. And when you develop a show around the audio cast, people don't have to just sit and watch it. They can do other things. They can, they can listen to it while they drive, while they work in the garden, whatever they're doing, working around the house, working at work. So it's, the audio is obviously more portable, plus there can be more episodes put on a, on a phone without overblowing your, your memory. And these are all important things. This all comes from a lot of my own work when I was in Afghanistan and I was transferring files back and forth and let me tell you, video files are a nightmare to move. Audio files, a whole different thing. So that's kind of where we're headed. This is kind of a 4th of July weekend announcement. Uh, it's going to be big coming up. It's going to be very exciting and really looking forward to it. And, of course, the thing that we're wanting to ensure, and that's why we're going to stay right now on Podbean for the moment, is what we're ensuring is that uh, every show will have a live audio chat just like we have here on Podbean. So that's why um, we really are, we're going to make this move into this growth is going to be pretty significant. And we'll remain on Podbean as long as they'll keep us. But I, we're all gonna, also going to build our own home and servers over the coming months, which I've already invested in. We just haven't finished that project for good reason. So that's kind of exciting. And I think that's a, a nice way to kind of kick off the the weekend. And just so I also remind you, uh, Ted Nugent is starting his concert tour on the 15th of July. I had a long talk with him today and Shemaine. Just great people, fantastic people. And as you can imagine, Uncle Ted's pretty fired up about these Supreme Court rulings in favor of 2A. And he's getting ready to give one of the epic tours of his life. So I would highly encourage you, if you have an opportunity, to see his music and see him on tour. Of course, he has a new album out. But if you can get over to tednugent.com and and really check out the tour schedule, if it fits in your budget and fits in your time, I would highly encourage you to go. It's going to be straight up constitutional, red, white, and blue energized all the way through. And I really can't think of a more important tour from just celebrating America and getting fired up over our Second Amendment and First Amendment and constitutional rights than that going out this summer because it's an important time. We've got to really stay focused and we have to really keep motivated. I think that's really important. So before we begin, I just have one little uh, short little piece here that I thought you'd enjoy. This is on somebody's perspective on Biden and monkeypox. Yeah, all of you that told me they were talking about, if you're done Trump voter, don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. Now, this gas prices are so damn high, you want to talk to me? I don't want to talk to you. You voted for Joe Biden. He gave you that shot. Now you took it. Now you got the monkey pop. Yeah, you voted for Joe Biden. You monkey pop. 
the night, you got the monkey pop. Joe Biden gave you the monkey. You took the shot, you got the monkey pop. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up. And for those that are curious, if you're wondering what happened to all the LGBT excitement, if you're a corporation right now that was like, you know, virtue signaling all this garbage about LGBTQ, we know where you are today. It kind of went like something like this. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said I like women. <laughs> That's, there you go. That kind of sums up the whole end of the month right there. So we were 30 days into the Pride Month, one day for our veterans who sacrificed their lives but if you wanted to wag your weenie and ride around on a bike naked, you got 30 days to do that and celebrate that. Oh, my goodness gracious. What we have become, I don't even know. So, and by the way, that clip was not made up. That was actually a testimony in a church, one of the African-American churches. So, just saying. Just saying. Just in case somebody accuses me of something evil. I didn't take it. It's just right out of a sermon. Right out of somebody giving, coming up in front of the congregation and giving a testimony. So there you go. All right, Patriots. You know, this is a very special weekend in many ways because I think it's a turning point, and I think we've all felt it. A week ago, we had the, the rescinding of Roe versus Wade. And with that, there was a massive shift in spiritual climate in our nation, at least in my opinion. It's, and I've heard other people say the same thing. A lot of what happened is we had the, the burden of death removed from us. And once again, the inspiration of life is now sitting before us in such a fantastic way. And it really goes to the whole sense of our Declaration of Independence. So I want to read the first little bit of that, and then I'm going to dig into a piece here from the Founder's Bible. And if you don't have a, a copy of the Founder's Bible, again, highly recommend that you get one. And you can get a discount using your when you're over there. If you use your Bard's code at checkout, you'll get a discount on it. So it's good. But it's a fantastic Bible. The Founder's Bible is incredible. So let's kind of look at, let me just begin with the Declaration of Independence. This is in Congress, July 4th, 1776. The unanimous Declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events... It becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and the nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, 
All experience have shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. That's a very, very poignant statement at the end of the duty of every American. And that is literally at the moment where we are. And this is one of the reasons this document I go over so many times is so important. Now, Monday, I'm going to be reading the whole document. I, I have also, as you know, I modernized this. It was rather bold, but I did modernize the Declaration of Independence. It's on our website, and I'll read that probably t- Sunday night. We'll go over the original document on Monday along with the, with the Constitution, which I think is very important. But here's what I wanted to read here, and this comes from the Founder's Bible, and this is on page 807, and it's titled, The Duty of Nations. Because one of the critical things about where we are is that we are a country that has put God on the throne. And I've talked about this before at length, and it's very important to appreciate that when this was this nation was created, most of what they were fighting against were royalties, empires built with kings and queens. And this was a completely new concept of governance. In fact, it was offensive to many because it was giving the power to the people. But there was a, another statement in this. I consider one of the biggest parts of this big middle finger to all of Europe was that they did put a king on the throne. It just wasn't human. It was God. And that's what's so profound in these first passages, these words that are so important in the Declaration of Independence, is they established that by their creator. The creator was God. The use of creator is interesting because it allowed for people of other religions to be able to find a commonplace in how they saw God. But when I say their creator, our founding fathers were Christian. There wasn't a Judeo-Christian issue. They were Christian. And they were focused on the relationship. Most of them had a relationship with, with Jesus And even those that were against the church were not anti-Christian. This is often exploited by the the left to say that these people weren't Christian. That is not true. They were just absolutely fed up with what they had seen the church do, which was primarily the Catholic church in Europe. So most of what you're dealing with here is a modern day, when you hear these sort of denouncings of our founding fathers, for example, they say that they were Masons. Yes, in fact, all of them were part of a Masonic order, but here's what's little known is that most of them, when they discovered the true motives of the Masonry, they left it. And that was the main reason they had created the Masonic relationship because the Masonic Lodge allowed our, our founding fathers to come together outside of the divisiveness of the different congregations of churches and have a common place under which to meet. Most of them were left, I should say, the church, the, the Masonic order after they discovered a deeper motive and it wasn't Christian. So as I'll continue to read here, then this is a very important perspective on what is said here is the duty of nations. So again, this is from the Founders Bible, page 807. 
Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 reminds us that in our ways, public as well as private, we are to acknowledge him, meaning God. So let me read to you Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I think it's a very profound consideration. And, and again, these are the ideas of where the nation is sitting in relationship to God. So we continue. And while it is wisdom for individuals, it is also true of nations. In response to idolatry of others or the their failure to acknowledge God, Psalm 79.6 and Jeremiah 10.25 call for God's wrath upon all nations that do not call upon his name and the warranty of 1 Samuel 2.30 that those who honor me, I will honor those and I those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed, was delivered to civil leaders, not religious ones. Very important. So let's take a look at Psalm 79, 6. Pour out your wrath upon the nations which do not know you, and upon the kingdoms which do not call upon your name. And Jeremiah 10.25, pour out your wrath on the nations that do not know you and on the families that do not call your name, for they have devoured Jacob, they have devoured him and consumed him and have laid waste his habitation. And then let's take a look at the warranty of 1 Samuel 2.30. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father was to walk before me forever. But now the Lord declares, far be it for me, for those who honor me, I will honor, and those who despise me will be insignificant. This is a very fundamental aspect to how our nation was formed, in which honoring truly God on all things, both as the individual and as a nation, was essential to the securing of the future. If you imagine that if you were a king and you had all of your people below you and they were ignoring you, you'd probably get fairly wrathful as a king. In fact, there was a tendency, I would say, of getting pretty badly punished if you didn't acknowledge the king. And what's funny is we see this happen even with royalty. We see people do this with President Trump. And I don't mean this in a negative way. It's just that when they see, they're overwhelmed with seeing President Trump, Mr. President, and they'll, they'll be very humbled in front of him. They'll give him respect. If you say, if you, many people see the king or queen of England, they'll bow their head. They will give homage to that. And yet when it comes to God, it's like, nope, not going to happen. That's our biggest failing point in our nation right now, is as a nation, we have drifted away from the fundamental point of where our founding fathers put us, which was before the throne. And it is our duty each day to honor God 
as the throne of this on the throne of this nation. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen in our churches. It doesn't happen in our daily lives because we have separated the concept of state and governance from the rule of the Lord. And that's, the, that's one of the biggest tragedies that's probably happened since the founding of our nation. It was never intended to be separated. It was intended to be a land blessed by God in which we always are functioning with and through God on all things. And so here we are, and now we're trying to reclaim this, and we're finding ourselves having to do this exodus of a, of a sense to leave this unholy matrix in which we're living. But the saddest part about it is, is we allowed that matrix to grow by virtuous stepping away from the throne and the fact that God was on the throne above us. Had this been a ruling elite from the beginning, we would have be already conditioned to give them homage, whether we liked it or not. And yet we, again, we don't do that for God. It's a major tragedy. So continuing here. The psalmist said, the wicked return to Sheol even all the nations who forget God. That's Psalm 917. Let's read Psalm 917. And it reads just that. The wicked will return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God. And moving on, whenever we stop acknowledging him, whether as an individual or a nation, we then begin to forget him. And at the point we are in trouble, understanding this truth, President George Washington emphatically declared, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his protection and favor. And this is continues. Notice the four duties that Washington said pertained to nations. One, acknowledge God. Two, obey his will. Three, be grateful for his aid. And four, implore his protection and favor. President John Adams concurred and simply declared, the safety and prosperity of nations ultimately and essentially depend on the protection and the blessing of Almighty God. And the national acknowledgement of this truth is, an indispensable duty which the people owe to him. Powerful words, considering that as a people, we've been giving our homage to churches, and yet somehow it's separate again from the nation itself. You know, on this weekend, it's so important that we reflect on these things. We've done an amazing job as a growing fellowship within Bard's Nation of acknowledging God and looking at God and trying to bring about God in all aspects of our lives. And you've heard me talk endlessly about the importance, even when we're in the public square, where we're talking to places like school boards or people, that we're acknowledging God. You know, I, I've said to you, and I, I, I love the compliments that come in, and they're, they're just very kind and humbling words that come in on this podcast, but this is God's platform. I'm a steward. This is God's platform. And I think that we have to start acknowledging that everything in our life is God's. We're stewards, whatever your wealth is, whatever you, wherever you live, whether you live in a small abode or a large home, God has given that to you to steward for whatever reason. It's not whether you, it's like, it's not a sort of thing like, well, I'm not deserving enough to have a big house. It's nothing like that. God has placed you where he needs you to be. And the more that we lean into God, he's going to put more into you 
to steward. And, and that stewardship may look very differently between person to person. You know, I've often said in my life that I would, the biggest burden people have in the world are not those without, but those with too much. Because they build up this idea that they can own and buy and control the world. And the relationship with God too often diminishes. And we see that corruption start to filter in. Our society is, is in a very complex society. And there's, we have obviously many different perspectives on the world. But the thing is that our founding fathers intended for us to be unique, and yet all of us keep our eyes on the throne. And that does something very profound. It allows us to be the unique and beautiful people that we are, that God intended us to be. It allows us to come together and respect and work together. But each of us has an intimate and special relationship with God that might be slightly different to each person. It's not a carbon copy. And our founding fathers understood that. And what George Washington understood so profoundly, as did John Adams, is that as a nation, we the people had the obligation to thank God, to give our respect to God, to acknowledge him, to obey him, to be grateful for his aid, and to implore his protection. But what has happened in this day? We have things like, okay, well, hopefully the military will come in and save it for us. President Trump will fix it for us. Some mystery group is going to jump in, and they're, they're, they're the ones leading us out of this problem. That's not a way through God. And that's why I've said so many times, be careful in getting wrapped up into the idolatries of political class, political fights, etc., because they're traps, they're deep ones. We have to keep this very strong and intimate relationship with God in all things. And as we do, that, that transitions into our relationship in our own country, this land. As a nation, we would be a completely different country right now if people each day were looking to God for guidance and listening. And of course, there's uniqueness. But, you know, in the last time I checked, God does not call down and say, you who is male, you who is black, you, he's speaking to his children. All these delineations that are given, these, these, these hyphenations, an American, a Spanish American, a Mexican American, a black American, whatever we're doing, these are man created to separate us. The biggest thing about our nation that's so profound is that we came together as one body. You were an American. And Teddy Roosevelt said, you're either an American or you're not. But there was no room for anything else. And that's that simple. There's no room for hyphenation. There is no room for extra designation because we're not, we never were about creating privileged class. And as a nation, we've made our mistakes. Of course we have. Our founding fathers were part of a different time and era. They were, and they, yet they constructed documents that were far beyond the people that they were. Hence the reason I truly believe that our documents were blessed because they do something profound. They install the power in the people given by God that no one can take away unless we give it away ourselves. That in itself is unique in any other experiment ever done in this world. And nowhere in there did God say this special thing where it's like, okay, you as a group get to have a month to celebrate and you as a group have to have one day to celebrate. There was none of that. And these 
institutional holidays, these inst- instituted celebrations, these artificial identities that people are I, linking onto and clinging onto. These are just idolatries, and they're all designed not only to separate, but to separate the relationship that they have with God. We are intended to be a land where we truly are the city with the light on the, on the hill, with that light and illumination that people can see and look up to and seek. And it's not for everybody, though everybody wants to come. The doors aren't open for everybody, nor should they ever have been. That was one of the most subversive things ever created in our, in our histories, that we will take basically anybody from the world. That wasn't it. Our nation is built truly, like I say, on Christian foundations. So it should come as no surprise, like right now leading into the weekend, that the administration, which we are currently basically at war with, no other way to say it, is openly starting something called DR, DRL, FY20, IRF, nice long introduction of nothing, to promoting and defending religious freedom inclusive of atheists, humanists, non-practicing, and non-affiliated individuals. Now, this was actually set up, in fairness, on April 21st, 2021, which was last year. But they're implementing it now at full speed. And the idea behind this is they're giving funding grants to enhance those networks and people that are atheists, humanists, non-practicing, and non-affiliated individuals. It's an attempt, once again, to degrade the power of who we are as a nation. When we understand as a nation that we are strong and mighty and undefeatable with God, not God as a Sunday, Sunday event, not God in the pew on Wednesday nights, but God before us, above us in all things, the might of our nation grows. You know, it, the, the parallel to this to me is very much like the story of Jericho with Joshua and his army that ends up after they go through and they do everything as God asks or dictates or directs and they walk the city seven times and seven times on the seventh day they walk the city and the walls collapse and then they pursue inside the city and they slay every man, woman, child, and donkey, which is an unbelievable concept in itself, unbelievable level of violence. But that tells you how corrupt whatever was there it was. But then somebody violates the rule. And what happens? They sack the temple when they were told to leave it alone. See, we can't be, as a nation, our greatest step forward is also our greatest step backwards to our origins. And that is that we as a people embrace our humble place before God on all things related to this nation and understand that this land was given to us to steward and to be blessed by. So with that, that means stewarding everything, stewarding and conservation on all things that we do. It means tending to our own needs, as we've talked about at length in county by county, making sure that each one of us is assuming as much responsibility for our lives and control over it, working through God, slowing down a bit, not taking convenience or having someone else outsource the controls that we should have, but offering instead to do it for us. That isn't part of the nature 
of the way God's world works. And so as a nation, we have a long ways to go. But it's going to begin with this persistence of each and every one of us each day and through the day and each night thanking God, relating to God, talking to God in terms of who we are in this nation. We are subjects of his as if he was a sovereign king over us because that's exactly what he is. We would not think any to do things any other way if we had lived under the kings of old. That's exactly how we would do things. We would get up, the king. we would know of the king. If the king put out an edict, we would follow it. And we would know that there would be consequences if we didn't. This is one of the greatest ironies of the time that we live. Yet today, the scripture lays out for us a way to live. It talks to us in our founding fathers, in the documents of our country that our founding fathers created, a way to live. And yet we don't. We don't want to. We don't like it. We don't want to do this. We want to take this away. We want to take that away. That's the attack on God's words. We have an an obligation, a duty to defend that. Because these documents are intricately related to Scripture. That's the origins from whence they came. And though they are not scriptural, and though they are not sacred in terms of the Bible, they are nonetheless tied to a function of Scripture. And that means in itself we have a duty and a responsibility to ensure that they continue. We're in very amazing times of great awakening. And this great awakening is so deep because it's not just about I get to know things, that I get to follow the rabbit hole and and learn about this thing and that thing and all these obscured facts that run this evil elite. That's That's just the tip of the iceberg. The deepest part of this awakening is for us to come to the realization of who we are, each one of us, in this blessed land, in the relationship through Jesus to Father. And as we embrace that amazing gift of who we are, we discover unlimited potential. And many times we've avoided being embracing those gifts and talents because in a system that has been hijacked by people that want to assume the role in which God was given. And that's the most profound thing. There's probably many profound things. It's one of the most profound things is that right before our very eyes, a nation that was ruled over by God because, in my opinion, we could not see his physical throne. We allowed the people in power to sit in his throne and kick him out, and we did that by our own free will. Because now if you look up, you don't see a relationship of God in our nation's capital. Instead, you see a temple of Luciferian beliefs and death worship everywhere, all deriving itself back to Roman Empire and older than that. It's ridiculous. And it's only now that we're starting to have eyes to see, to see this profound hijacking that occurred. And so that means it is on us. No matter what leader comes in power, I don't care whether it's Trump or whoever else, It's on us to pursue the reset of this nation, including its capital, to one that honors, represents, and gives homage to our Father. You know, when they said the other day that, oh, Antifa is going to burn D.C. down, I hate to say it, but I was like, okay. 
And the downside would be what? Because we have to rebuild it anyway. I don't want a capital with a Washington monument that represents the phallus of Osiris. I don't want that. I don't want a city that's laid out on a grid that looks more like a a Luciferian ritual worship center. I don't want every time we turn every corner to have some Masonic stone reminding me of Saturn or the or the summer equinox. That's how it was built intentionally to so convolute the energies and spiritual place of this nation to hijack it. On this weekend, it's something important for us to reflect upon. Because this nation is built on more than just white European people. This nation is built on a collection of people from all over the world that are all God's children and they're all being ruled by these Luciferians that have only one thing in mind, to make us see them as gods and to make sure that we don't know or relate to the true and loving God of what represents our nation. And guess what? God never left us. And that's one of the great things of this whole story. God never left us. Our churches left him. Matter of fact, they proclaimed it. They said we're in a post-Christian society. And I've always looked at this and like, what? What, did God leave? No, he didn't go on vacation. He didn't throw in the keys. He didn't leave us. Our shepherds from the pulpit left him. We now have the responsibility and the opportunity is the greatest thing for us to help steer this nation back in such a profound moment in time. One week ago, God reset life at the head of this nation. He cast out Moloch. And he said, I'm here one week ago. And in the the ensuing days, we saw him reaffirm the fact that not only do we fight with the sword of the spirit, but he reminded us of something else, that we are never to be a doormat. And so with the, the blessing of God ensured that our second amendment right was reaffirmed to remind us that there is a point in time that we pray won't happen, but if it comes, you must always remember you have the right and duty to defend yourself because you're my child and to defend this nation because this is my nation. And we will always fight with the sword of the spirit first, but God has also given us a strong signal that this is a war. And while we can talk about the New Testament and say, well, Christ advocated love, yes, he did, but Christ was not a conformist, and he wasn't weak, and he wasn't a warrior of a type of giving in at peace at any cost. He was a bold warrior that stood up for truth, and we know from the garden that at moments it was necessary to draw the sword of steel, as Peter did, and cut off the ear. But that fight was enough to make the statement and the demonstration so that Christ could raise up and heal the ear and establish his true presence as God's son. But it's the duality and it's the the controlled and restraint of all of that story that's so profound. And God gave us that again. And in yet another blow to this Luciferian order, after life was reestablished and the reminder to us that we have to be able to carry both, lead with the sword of the spirit, be, be ready with the sword of steel, if so called. Remember, Jericho is both. And it's not a small story. 
because for seven days and seven times on the seventh day, they led with the sword of the spirit until God crushed the walls and then called upon them to lead with the sword of steel in which they did. David did the same. He stood before Goliath and he proclaimed the the Lord and he proclaimed it was God's fight and he led with the sword of the spirit until such a time that Goliath charged him and David was called by the Lord to pick up a single stone and strike Goliath between the eyes and drop him to the ground dead. Gideon was called upon the Lord to sort out his people to lead with the sword of the spirit as he blew the horns and he broke the pots of light. And the enemy began to ravage itself. And as the enemy began to disperse, then they pursued the enemy with the sword of steel. The stories are consistent in all of this. And now yet another massive gift that was given to us this last week was the legal in attack, the, the, the slicing of the sword of the steel to basically relinquish and cut away the, the tendrils of power that have been used to destroy our constitution by allowing agencies within the within our country to use policy and regulation as if it was law there's only one source of law in this nation even if congress passes it that law should always emanate out of a relationship and spiritual humbling before god before any law is passed that's how our nation was intended to work but instead now we have these crazies up here that seek power for themselves put a little something in and then use their agencies to make up whatever rules are possible and to exploit God's children in the name of regulations and policy, which were never laws and never tied to God whatsoever. And God has helped strike that down. So we enter into this weekend, this independence weekend with so many gifts behind us given to us. Our quiver now is full. That little pouch now has all five stones And your sword is now polished and it's tight on your hilt, in tight in the hilt and on in your hand on on your hip. So this is an important point in time to reflect on how big of a step we have to make now as we move forward in this fight. We become like Joshua's army. We're crossing the River Jordan. Each one of us now is being told to pick up a stone, a memorial stone, to remember this moment, to cling on to, to truly remember the power and gift of God, because in the days ahead, it will get a little muddled. And I'm sure for Joshua's army on that seventh day, things were getting a little confusing. I can't speak for a fact, but I would imagine that after seven days of walking around the city, you're getting a little owly. As warriors, you're wondering like, okay, man, like, are we going to get to do something or not? What's going to happen? It took a lot of faith. It took a lot of trust, all of which we have. And in my opinion, part of the reason they could maintain that is because Joshua insisted they pick up the memorial stone as they walked across the river to not forget the moment in which they departed, in which Joshua stood before them and told them what they were going to do to lead them into the sacking of, of Jericho. And it's in that moment, God was obviously moving. And it was a connection that they were each grabbing onto with that little symbolism of a memorial stone to remember that relationship and moment with God. This is that moment. This is that moment. We've been given a week of gifts. What comes ahead could be a long walk. It might be days or weeks before we see anything again. But that's okay. 
because God has given us the memorial stones. He gave us a number of them. And all we have to do when that time gets a little rough is to look back and say, oh, thank you, Lord. We know who's on chart in charge here because this is God's timing, not ours. And it's no mistake, and nothing is missed in this, that on the weekend leading into Independence Day, in a transformation of time and, and, the, and the spiritual essence of this entire nation, that all these victories were given to us as we step into this celebration of the nation's beginnings. And what document ties us back to the nation's beginnings? Well, patriots, it's the one I read all the time. It's the Declaration of Independence, the one that itself proclaims our liberties given to us, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness as gifts of the Creator, God Himself. What a profound moment in time we live, that God actually showed us what victory looked like to remind us of the strength and power and might which he brings to this fight. And it is now up to us to honor him, to acknowledge God, to obey him, to be grateful for his gifts and aid, and to implore his protection and favor. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we've come here this evening to reflect deeply on the origins of this great nation. Father, we've spent too much time in our years not focusing on the principal issue of three of the four principal aspects of how this nation was built. So forgive us, but hear us this evening. To acknowledge you, God. To obey your will, Lord. To be grateful for all your aid, God, and to implore upon you the protection and favor of this nation as we humble ourselves before you and honor you through our Savior and your Son who was sacrificed, Christ Jesus. Guide us in this time. We ask that you'll continue to give us eyes to see, that you'll continue to guide us on this amazing path that's ahead because we have not forgotten you or all that you've given. And though a nation has drifted, your remnant is rising. We are here, and we will lead this nation back to you, given your grace, your mercy, and your love. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, patriots, I hope you all have a very amazing Fourth Independence Weekend. Take time to truly celebrate it with God and with our Savior, Christ Jesus. Put out of your mind all of this intentional confusion about the corruptedness of our founding fathers, the corruptedness of the documents. We're going to seek that forgiveness that will cleanse all of that as God can cleanse. We are now moving ahead on the foundations which were given to us, written by the hands of our founding fathers, blessed with the blessings of God and Jesus himself. 
that now we walk forward mightily to reset this nation in the direction it was first intended to be, and in doing so, resetting this land as one ruled by God himself. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep your prayers up. This is an amazing weekend to pray, to celebrate, to pray, and pray more. God is with us. He will never forsake us, nor, ever, nor ever, has he ever. And we all know that God will win in the end. But he has us here in this time, in this place, for such an amazing reason. We're at war, patriots. Now we must walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. I'll see you all tomorrow evening for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights through fight for all we had to lose reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground oh i can see it now i can see it now
the tides Out on the freeway Let it ease my mind We run away sometimes When belonging becomes something to find We always come back To what we know Keep it close on the cold days, darling Counting all the ways you are a safe place to hide from the rain